There's just a lot of discussion about technology, the adoption of that technology, and data. And so as a tech company, we're constantly in the middle of this and really studying it. And, and the question is, is it really the technology that brings the advancement? Or is it really the adoption of that technology? Or is it the data? And perhaps most importantly, do you have the right data? So I think all three of those points are so important and we fall in the camp of it's really the combination of these, you know, for mortgage lenders to really become efficient. We would probably argue that it's not as much about the technology that determines the advancement, but the lender's adoption of that technology. This is Alcina Lloyd, and I'm the producer of this weekly podcast, which is a proud member of the Industry Syndicate. You just heard a word from one of today's guests, Britt Barker, the Vice President of Enterprise Solutions at Origins. In today's episode, Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler interviews Barker and Origins' Andrew Wise, the Senior Vice President of Mortgage Origination Platform Strategy, about the company's inception and discuss the importance of utilizing technology to deliver a better borrower and staff experience. Well, thank you for listening, and here's Episode 9 of Season 6 of the Housing News Podcast. Welcome everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire with the latest episode of the Housing News Podcast. I'm really excited to talk to our guests today, Andrew Weiss and Britt Barker, who are both executives at Origins. Andrew is their Senior Vice President of Mortgage Origination Platform Strategy, where he oversees long-term direction and current capabilities of the mortgage products. With over 30 years experience in the mortgage and consumer lending space, Andrew has held a wide range of roles, leveraging business rules, workflow, analytics, and commercial off-the-shelf solutions. He was most recently a principal at Stratmore Group and previously was COO, CTO at Overture Technologies and Senior Vice President of Advanced Technology at Fannie Mae, overseeing the creation of Desktop Underwriter. Britt Barker is the Vice President of Enterprise Solutions at Origins. He's an experienced sales and product executive with 20 years of helping financial institutions improve their lending performance and exceed consumer needs. He's recognized as an industry leader with an innate talent in balancing strategic focus with operational execution. Britt is an authority on consumer, mortgage, and indirect lending with expertise in facilitating the transition of new clients into the financial lending market and enhancing lending programs. Really excited to have you both, Andrew and Britt. Welcome to Housing News. Thank you for having us. Indeed. You know, the first thing I always want to ask, um, we ask our guests how they got into the mortgage industry. Uh, So what was that journey like for both of you? And Andrew, if you want to go first, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, You know, there's a a line most mortgage people know that if you ask anyone if, uh, you know, when their aunt asked them when they were eight, if they wanted to be a mortgage banker, nobody wanted to be a mortgage banker. Right. <laughs> Certainly includes me. Um, I, I was working for a management consulting firm, a boutique firm very focused on technology strategy. Um, and we were hired by Fannie Mae. This was actually goes back to the late 80s, believe it or not. And Fannie Mae was sort of this sleepy, you know, they were a government agency, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, but they had... Um, brought in a president who'd come out of Wall Street and done a lot of work on Wall Street. Um, and they really wanted to use technology as more of a tool. Um, so uh, we had a, a multi-year consulting engagement. And then 
I used to tease it was the consultant's nightmare. You have to come in and implement your own recommendations. Um, so that's how I got into the mortgage industry and uh, I've been sort of stuck there pretty much ever since. It's, uh, it's a one-way trip, right? You can enter, but you can never leave. <laughs> that's true and we have so many of the same people you know that uh you know at different places over over and over again through the years well Britt, how did you get into this sarah i'm i'm working on my cmb designation with the mba so i totally enjoy listening to your weekly pod it's one that i do to really stay current with the industry and when you ask this question that's like one of my favorite parts because i do like how Andrew said, it's almost a one-way trip. People find their way in and they just stay. And, you know, my journey came out of the automotive finance side and through consumer lending and into mortgage. And that's why when I kind of discovered the MBA's School of Mortgage Banking and their AMP designation and realized, no, it's all about the CMB designation. I've just thoroughly enjoyed jumping in and love everything I've been learning about the mortgage industry. Uh, I love that. I love hearing those stories. I'm glad you enjoy those too, Britt, because I none of them are the same, except that, you know, as Andrew said, no one was like, I'm eight years old. This is what I'm going to do. Nobody says that. I'm waiting for that person. <laughs> Maybe they're coming. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit. Tell me about how Origins got started, because the cus- company's first customers were in that automotive finance, I believe. So um, would love to hear more about that. Yeah, happy to give some of that background. And, and I'll maybe do it in since we're kind of around Olympic season and kind of the Olympic trials and the games starting here shortly from from that perspective. And let me explain what I mean by that. You're, you're absolutely correct that our capital comes from the automotive and consumer lending routes. And that side of the house is doing splendid from a from a tech standpoint, as we progress through, you know, automotive loan types into consumer lending loan types, including home equity line of credits. We kind of came face to face with a home equity loan and all the TRID implications that come with that. And as some of your listeners know, especially with depositories, home equity is one of those products that sometimes resides in the mortgage department and sometimes resides in the consumer lending department, depending on really that financial institution's preference. So us as as a technology entity, we were at a crossroads and that crossroads really was, do we continue to build? Or do we buy? And if we are really going on that home equity loan journey, we are in the first mortgage lending business. So we actually did both. We bought a staff facing mortgage origination platform. And then on the build side, we deployed a brand new architectural stack with a point of sale or POS in the industry, which is really that brand new borrower experience deeply integrated into that LOS. So back to my Olympic trials or games when this pod goes live comment, what has been cool is to attract some of the industry's best and brightest who want to come and help build and be part of bringing the newest platform to the mortgage industry. Yeah, the one thing I just would add, Britt, is that um, there is such commitment from our management to really going into the market space. I mean, we all recognize that it's a very hard thing to do. There aren't that many companies that have been successful at bringing new uh, end-to-end platforms to market. Obviously, there are people who have brought sort of niche solutions, um, but we're really trying to provide an end-to-end platform. And it takes uh, 
commitment. It, it takes, you know, real perseverance and, and uh, we are definitely committed to that project. It's interesting you say that, um, you know, I've noted on this podcast before that um, lots of people, you see them come and go, they, they think they can, they can make, they think they know how to uh, crack this space, but they really don't. I mean, it, it's harder than it looks. And um, I think some people have made it look a lot easier than, than it can be. So, you know, to that point, you know, mortgage LOS systems have been around for a few decades now. So why did we need a new one? What was, why did you guys feel like, yes, this is what we're going to do differently? Well, you know, it's interesting. If you think about how the world has changed since say the turn of the millennium uh, and technology has driven so much of that change. I mean, think Amazon, think the iPhone, think 5G, you know, wireless communication, uh, and the customer experience and the customer expectations have driven so much of that change. Um, on the other hand, in the mortgage world, the, the core platforms really all came out around the year 2000, give or take a little bit. Um, and they were built at a time before all this technology. And they really poured cement around a process that was essentially a paper-based process and they added technology to that. So now it's forms based on screen. Um, and that's really where people are, where people started. It's challenging. I mean, I give them credit. They've tried to evolve their systems. But when you're starting with that as your core understanding, your foundation, it's very difficult. So we really came in new, uh, post-trid, uh, post a lot of those problems that other people have had to sort of bolt onto the outside to fix. Um, and we really tried to bring a new approach that's much more data-driven, much more event and transaction-driven, um, and really a modern, thoughtful approach, not only to the staff side, if you will, the operation side of the house, but also to the consumers and how the consumer side connects to that staff side. That integration is really important from our perspective. I might add to that, Sarah, if I could a bit, is... What, what we see, and I've heard this on your pod, is there's just a lot of discussion about technology, the adoption of that technology, and data. And so as a tech company, we're constantly in the middle of this and really studying it. And, and the question is, is it really the technology that brings the advancement? Or is it really the adoption of that technology? Or is it the data? And Perhaps most importantly, do you have the right data? So I think all three of those points are so important. And we fall in the camp of it's really the combination of these, you know, for mortgage lenders to really become efficient. We would probably argue that it's not as much about the technology that determines the advancement, but the lender's adoption of that technology with the data and that they, if they have clean, proper data, then you can make some decisions. And so if you have a system that is ensuring the right data to help make the right decision, whether it's the system doing that or whether it's humans looking at it and making that decision, that's what's going to be key. So it's the tech, the adoption of it, and then confidence that this data that you have is taking you in the right places. That makes sense to me because without that confidence in the data, you're you're pretty much going backwards on all your efficiencies. If you don't if you don't know that's right, and you have to go back and check and recheck and and have all those you know uh, the checkers checking the checkers, it's just 
you've really done yourself no favors with automation. I love that you said checkers checking the checkers and that you said it before, Andrew. That's one of his awesome lines. He always goes there. Well, listen, I've been around since 2013. I know about checkers checking checkers. I, I just, I do think it's so interesting, uh, you know, the idea of the adoption and, and what I know that we're going to get into a little bit later um, how it's not just good, how, how you feel like the Origins platform wasn't designed just to be great for borrowers, but for staff. And I think that's so uh, key for any automation that, you know, we hope that people adopt because in our business, unlike others, I mean, you still have shops where the LOs are like, yeah, no, I'm not using that. I'm, I'm using this. I, I don't even understand that. Like in what other business can can some of the people who work there go, no, no, I'm, I, I know you invested a bunch of money in this. And you, I'm not, I'm not using that, but, but we see that all the time. It's, it's true. And, you know, it's about the revenue generators, right? Uh, they have a lot of control. The interesting part of this is that I think there's a real swing in our industry. In fact, in most industries towards consumer having the control. Um, it's not just effectively that loan officer who owns the consumer, but the consumer's relationship to the lending entity. And that's something that's shifting. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a done deal, right? There's still a lot of fairly traditional shops out there, uh, but you certainly do see a swing of momentum in favor of the, of the consumer over the LO. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, and I agree with you. It, and it's going to be it's going to be a change for some people. But to your point, I mean, the revenue generators get to call some of the shots on this, so mm. we shall see. So something that does both, um, which I I know you guys uh, feel like that's Origins. That's the answer there. Uh, it'll be interesting. So let me ask you: Origins serves a lot of credit unions. So how did that experience inform how you serve other kinds of mortgage lenders? you know, maybe specifically smaller lenders or, or throughout the spectrum? I mean, that's that those are a, a sort of a niche kind of lending, a specific kind. So so how did that inform what you're doing with everyone else? Sure, Sarah, I'll jump in there. You know, credit union mortgage market share is increasing. You know, presently it hovers around 10% of mortgages are done by the credit unions. And it really kind of depends on the state. Credit unions can be quite influential depending on where we are in our good old United States. And I would share that the credit unions have very talented and focused folks at the helm. But as, as, as we moved into this mortgage industry, and I see, I see that same excitement and really kind of what we we're just talking about there, that desire to take good care of the borrower with these mortgage bankers that we are very heavily engaged with. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because Credit unions focus on their borrowers. They call them members, right? That's what they are. They're members of a credit union. And this is something that your traditional IMB, even the smaller ones, well, I do one transaction every seven years, maybe. You know, do I really care that much about the borrower? But as customer expectations have changed, what they're learning is that really good customer experience sells more mortgages because. They get referrals, you get good, good reviews on, uh, on Twitter or what have you, and it really makes a difference. And there's a, a lot of data that backs this up, that good customer service supports better business. And that's something that the credit unions have been in all the time. And the mortgage banks are learning. And you see the big mortgage banks or the bank-owned mortgage operations really picking up on this thread. So in that sense, there's a lot to learn from credit unions in the mortgage space. 
which is, is also to say there's a lot for credit unions to learn from the IMBs in terms of efficiency, in terms of breadth of product, in terms of how to really uh, make a financially uh, good uh, process work, both for the credit union and for the borrower. Interesting perspective there, looking at the different strengths, maybe of both or, or maybe historic strengths. Uh, to your point, you know, some of that might be changing. Um, so, so interesting perspective. You know, my next question is a challenge. For one, one challenge for lenders is determining where to apply automation in their lending process. Like when should staff be used versus systems? And what advice would you give to lenders when faced with this challenge? Well, let me, I'll, I'll start on that one. And the first thing that lenders have to recognize, I think many do, that there's not all borrowers fit the same mold. They're not all willing to go down the same process. Um, you know, my, I have, uh, you know, daughters old enough to get mortgages and they do not want to meet a mortgage banker somewhere, you know, at a cafe. They want to do all this at 10 p.m. at night in their pajamas after a long work day. Um, and so they have a track that's much more technology oriented. Um, you know, flip over my 92 year old mother actually refinanced a couple of years ago. She is on the other end of the spectrum, right? And if you look at people who get mortgages, they're all the way in between those two things. And so mortgage lenders have choices to make. They can either to decide to narrow uh, their consumer base, which may or may not be a great idea, depending on how they do it, or they need to be able to have technology that can have different approaches for different customers. Now, technology is necessary to do that because if you have to have a human being making all those decisions about who goes down which path, it's too costly and too time consuming as well. So the technology needs to support this multiple path idea, if you will. Um, and that's something that I think is very important. I could I could jump in there a little bit, Sarah, if you wanted. And I would just say, you know, much has been said and, and think about how much has been spent on borrower facing technology, especially in the mortgage industry with the point of sale. All of that and a lot of that borrower facing tech has become table stakes. But if it doesn't fully integrate with the LOS, it doesn't give that optimal experience that these lenders really want for their borrowers and us as borrowers, whether it's Andrew's daughter or mother, right? We, we know it can get very frustrating, this mortgage loan factoring process that takes way too long for all of us, right? But whether it's the tech or the staff empowering that, as a borrower, I don't want to be asked the same thing multiple times. I want to know where I am in the mortgage process. And I want you to engage with me in the fashion that I said, let's engage in this fashion. Those are the frustrating things that technology and staff, we can just get that right and eliminate that frustration. It's just going to be better for all of us involved. So one other point, and to echo what, what you and Britt were talking about earlier, it's not just the technology. It's really the integration of the business process into that technology that's really critical. So I don't want anyone to walk away saying, oh, if I just buy a new system, it'll solve all of these problems for me, because that's clearly not true. Um, but without that new technology base, it's very hard to solve these problems except by throwing lots of bodies at it, which as we know is too expensive for most people to do. 
Well, and then, um, you know, when you come into a, a season like we're coming into now where you might be seeing, you know, definitely refis down, but even, even, uh, you know, things slowing down a little bit, then you've got to, you've got to figure out what to do with all those bodies That's right. that you spent all that time, you know, training and getting, getting ready. So, it, you know, we know how this swings. Um, well, let me ask you, you know, when you talk about integration, so with Origins, you brought the POS and LOS experience together into one platform and you, and you build innovation around that model. How does this holistic approach address the challenges that today's mortgage lenders face? Sarah, I think when Andrew was talking about form-based and older architecture, maybe monolithic structures, this is where that data-centric approach and with the architecture built around a system of events that have triggers that take action can win. And, and let me maybe walk you through an example or two of that. But if you have a robust event model that can configure actions and actions to events, there's where the efficiency is going to start to come. So think about when a borrower's working their way through that beloved loan application, right? Behind the scenes, the system can start to automatically establish the appropriate underwriting conditions based on the specific loan and loan program that the lender and their underwriting policies. So as the system completes the event and takes action, establishing what data and document would be needed based on that application moving through, it can start to clear applicable conditions. So then you can follow that up with who should provide the appropriate data. We talked about that data has got to be right. And documents. Is that really a third party provider or is that the borrower? So all of this can be taking place as that application is being entered. So then when the data and the document is received, the system can check it in and it can message and alert all the folks that need to be involved in part of that process. And then with that event taking place, it can then take the action of, okay, what is the next step in this process? And then dynamically generate the task and go, do I need more data or do I need more documents? So that's where if you have this event-based model with triggers and actions, this is where you can start to change the game for the better for me as a borrower, as well as for the lender. And of course, for the lender's staff. You know, there's traditionally been this view that you can either have great customer service or you can be highly efficient, that those things were diametrically opposed. And we would strongly disagree with that notion. If, if you think about what Britt's saying, that actually delivers both. Uh, the cycle time to close those loans is going to be much faster because you're doing things in the background automatically. You're having different processes go in parallel, for example. Um, you know, the notion of how do I get my loan closed if it's a refi before I have to write my next mortgage check? Because I'm refining for a reason, right? I either am going to lower my, my monthly or I'm trying to get some cash out to do something. So how can I do that, you know, almost as before I have to write my next mortgage check? Or if it's a purchase loan, I want to be absolutely guaranteed that I'm going to be able to close when I need to close. And these days, that's the day after tomorrow, right? I mean, you can't sit around and wait uh, for that loan to come in. So there's a lot that you can do that, in fact, increases efficiency and increases customer service. And I think that's the key to this model is you have to be able to do both. 
And here's a brief word from our sponsor. The Origins Mortgage Platform is a fully integrated digital solution that covers the entire lending life cycle from application to closing. With Origins, you'll have access to client configurable workflows and next level automation. Use Origins to replace your POS, LOS, and CRM mortgage staff with one single platform. Are using our modular capabilities? Integrate Origins anywhere in your tech stack where you need to make the biggest impact on your lending. Visit www.origins.com slash housingwire for more details. That's O-R-I-G-E-N-C-E dot com forward slash housingwire for details. That leads right into, um, you know, the next point that I wanted to ask you about, which what are those essential keys for lenders to deliver not only a superior experience for borrowers, but one for staff as well, like we talked about, so that they'll be excited about using it and, and they'll adopt it and it will be great for everyone. Yeah, Sarah, I would just, I think the frustrating thing, again, going back to that borrower is, okay, we can make a delightful application experience and maybe I can knock out that application in 10, 12, 15 minutes, but then I'm sitting around for 30 days at best, maybe 40 or 50 right now, Tell it happens. And so that I think is where it, it, I kind of go back to my analogy of when we're in third grade and it was recess and we all went running outside and it was excited. If you get on that seesaw and the up and down or the teeter totter, right? Sometimes we get so focused on borrower experience, maybe a POS, and the staff is left down here at the bottom to deal with it, you know, or no, it's all about the staff and then the borrower's shortchanged, but it's really getting that balance and finding, remember when we would balance like even with someone about the same weight? So it's that focus of, can we get something that the staff is delighted and like, all right, I'm on board. And this is helping the executives of what they want. Is my borrower thrilled? Are they happy? Are they, bar- are they part of the process? So it's that it's that teeter totter and that balance of getting it right. But you you can't underemphasize the sort of need for change management. I mean, it's amazing the number of processors or underwriters or you know that sort of core back office staff that have been in the mortgage industry you know as long as I have or longer even so. And it's hard for them to change. They're used to a certain way that that process goes. And they get nervous about uh, the machine taking over their job, which has really nothing to do with reality. It's, it's this sort of emotional response. Um, and so really how you manage the, the change of that through the process, making sure that folks understand that this is a pretty different way. I mean, I, uh, you can still walk into an awful lot of shops today and what they're doing on the screen is exactly what they were doing in the days where they had a big file folder and they would just open it up and they would start leaping through the documents, right? And that's how you originated a loan. And a lot of the systems effectively have replicated that process. And it's a little uncomfortable when you're now saying, wait a minute, you don't need to look at that thing for this borrower because we got the data from a source that's far more trusted. So why am I going to look at a piece of paper when I have the data? And it's uncomfortable to make that change. But once they get there, they understand the value because like it or not, there's still an awful lot that requires judgment, that requires real decisions, that requires human being to contact each other and talk it through. And so there's an awful lot left for the humans to do, but you want the machines to do the things that are that anyone can do, right? And that's a change process that we have to walk people through. 
What have you seen when, um, you know, when, when you see different companies adopting Origins, what do you see the really successful companies doing in that change management space that makes a, a difference with their staff? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think there are probably three things. One is it starts at the top, right? The, the leadership has to say, wait a minute, guys, I know we've been doing it this way for the last 10 years. We're going to try something different because we firmly believe it's going to be better. So that's one piece. I think the second piece is it helps to really get a couple of people inside the company who really understand the process but are open to change to drive that. Amen. Remember the old commercials with Mikey, right? Did Mikey like it, right? And you need a couple of Mikeys and you need to get them in there and you need to get them to like it, right? Which is some of what our job is. Um, so that's the second piece. The other piece is to really understand every, you know, it, it's funny because really the mortgage manufacturing process is pretty much the same for everyone, except every lender has some little bit of secret sauce that makes them just that different. So one of the things that's great about Origins is we really have very fluid ability to configure our system to manage those differences, to allow lenders to have their secret sauce and let that really shine and do that without a lot of extra code or lots of you know, years of, of, of you know, custom work or things like that, because we want lenders to be able to be differentiated in their marketplace but yet have the things that we all have to do be commodity and be done very simply. So you got to put all three of those things together in an appropriate way for a lender. Sarah, one, one lender right now that's in this system evaluation process, I, I like what they, they've done. You know, they compared the platform to other platforms. They've made their decision. And then they brought in a third party and they said, okay, here's our process today. What would we want our process to be? And that is then the starting point of the implementation. So I thought they were very thoughtful to acknowledge, okay, we've used this LOS and this is the way we do things. They've got their smart captains in the room around the table and said, okay, now, but what did we really want? And so then that's the design stage that has been built. And that's what they're starting implementation with. Yeah, really smart. And, uh, you know, I love the idea of, you know, you have to, you have to find those Mikeys, you have to find the enthusiastic adopters who are going to be the cheerleaders for other people. You know, even better if they're, if they're some of your uh, most productive and, uh, you know, uh, high ranking LOs, that's, that's just uh, icing on the cake, but. Although, you know, it's hard to get them right They're uh, you know, they're only going to come off the line to do this new project sort of kicking and screaming. Um, but if anyone says, oh, I'll give it to Joe and nobody cares if Joe leaves to, you know, to work on this project, that's the problem, right? That's not who you want. So it's an interesting balance. But I think when you get there, you find it so much more productive. And this doesn't have to take forever either. It can be done in really good compressed amounts of time with the appropriate focus. I do think people who um, have implemented different technologies over the years might be surprised at how fast things go now compared to even five years ago. Uh, I mean, obviously not everything, but but it does seem like I hear that a lot from, from different companies that, you know, they thought it was going to take longer. Um, they thought there were going to be more problems. I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while and uh, I'm sure you, you, you know where all the speed bumps are. Yep. Well, you know, not that long ago, maybe 10 years ago, roughly 
a third to half of LOS implementations failed. They just literally never got into production, which is astounding because it's billions of dollars thrown, you know, just down the tubes. You don't really hear that very much anymore. People either make the decision or they decide they're going to stay with what they've got. Um, but, you know, time is an interesting thing. I think, you know, people want it to happen yesterday. But if you don't spend the time to do the thoughtful analysis to get Mikey in there, et cetera, et cetera, it's not going to work out very well either. So there's a balance between doing it fast and doing it well. You know, when um, I came on in uh, to Housing Wire in 2013 and, you know, there was so much time spent at that at that time for just to comply with regulatory things. I mean, you mentioned TRID. I mean, I feel like all we did was talk about TRID for like two years. <laughs> and, and then you see what TRID actually ended up being. You're like, oh, OK, well, that was a, that was a lot of work for that. But um, neither here nor there. Let, let's talk about uh, the, you know, the regulatory environment. It's changed a lot under the Biden administration. They have come out swinging from my perspective. You know, from a news person's perspective, very interesting. Great to have an administration that's just so, you know, active. If you're in the weeds and you're you're the ones doing all that and have to have to comply, probably not as uh, not as fun. But um, you know, how does Origins approach compliance and help lenders stay compliant? Because that's it's always important, but I feel like it's it's especially important right now. Yeah. So first, you know, an opinion that may perhaps be not so popular with everyone in the mortgage industry, but I think as an industry, we just have to get over this regulatory boogeyman, right? We live in a regulatory and regula highly regulated industry. We will always be in a highly regulated industry. We probably should be in a highly regulated industry. It's people's lives on the line. So let's just get over that. Um, I think that the thing that we're really trying to do is figure out how you build the compliance into the system. Um, and so the goal would be that it's actually faster, cheaper, easier to manufacture a compliant loan than it is to manufacture one that's out of compliance. Um, right now, we're going back to this checkers checking on the checkers uh, notion, right? That's how most people think about compliance. It's something that we're going to do kind of after the fact. We're going to do a bunch of work and then we're going to, you know, get an auditor in to say if we were compliant or not as opposed to just building that compliance into the core of the system. So the actions you take are by definition compliant. It's not that it says, no, you can't do that. It's out of compliance. It just, you, it just happens in a compliant way. Um, you don't have that extra step of having to go back and fix stuff. You just, it creates a compliant loan. And automation really, really helps that a ton, right? Because if it's automated and your next step is something that you just have to do, Oh wait a minute! They, uh, you know, they changed something. It's a change of circumstance. Well, you just got to resubmit the documents. Go ahead. Just you know, you don't even have to push a button. It just goes. Or would you like to review it before it goes? Either way, that's fine. But all of that's just sort of baked into the process. Now it's, it's challenging, right? This is somewhat aspirational. This is where we are headed and where we're gonna go. It's something that we always have to keep an eye on because the regulations are always changing, and that's going to be true. It's, been true in our industry as long as I've been in it, and probably everyone else on this podcast recognizes that. So uh, that's the things we have to do just to stay compliant, but to focus on how you build compliance into the core of the process, not just something you bolt on the outside. Yeah, you two were talking about the checkers checking on the checkers, and I, I, I love that. 
But I, and, and that's just where the system is. That the system, there are stellar third-party providers that excel in staying current on these compliance and let that compliance happen along the way as that loan moves through the manufacturing process. So kind of your comment about Mikey likes it. You know what Mikey really likes? He likes a compliant, sellable asset at the end and let the checkers on the checkers happen all the way along the process so that you do have that end game of a compliant sellable asset. That is what everyone is, uh, that's what everyone wants, right? That's that's the best for the borrowers. It's the best for staff. It's the best for everyone along the way, the, the investors who are buying that asset. So we would all we would all hope for that. Well, I want to ask you guys, this is my last question, but um, it's been great to have you on. I would love to ask you, what is when you look at the mortgage industry right now, what do you think is the most exciting thing happening? So I will begin, and I'm sure Brett has some other views as well, but you know, I think that's a really tough question because in some ways, it, is it exciting to be fighting out from under the deluge of, of volume that we had? Yes and no, but I actually think there's a really interesting, if you will, battle brewing between what I might call the traditional mortgage bankers, the people who are used to doing it the way they've always done it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that's, you know, not just the IMDs, but also the, the bank owned or the credit union space. They're all, you know, has a lot of that same mindset. Battle between those traditional bankers and what I will loosely call the, the new age lenders, right? Lenders who are determined to, to really reinvent the system, do it all online, make it much more technologically. You know, they're trying to be Amazon uh, for, for mortgage or for lending in general. And I think it's a really interesting dynamic, and I think it's exciting. Um, personally, I don't think I'm going to try to pick a winner because I think that uh, it's a big industry and there's probably space for everybody. Um, at the same token, I think that there's a lot of room for the two different sides of this battle to learn from each other. And perhaps the ultimate answer is a little bit more of a hybrid. And that's really you know, where Origins is in terms of supporting both these really, you know, new age, high tech processes, but in addition, being able to bring some of that back to add value to the more traditional process. Um, but I think that's an interesting thing to watch. Who knows where we're going to be? It is in- interesting that, you know, when when I was first involved with desktop underwriter and, you know, back in the late 90s, we were saying, oh, it's going to be, you know, 12 days to do a mortgage. This was before TRID. Um, and you know it's going to cost nine hundred bucks, right? Now it's over eight thousand dollars to manufacture a mortgage. I was wrong, so I'm certainly not going to make any predictions. On the other hand, I do think that with all of the volume that went on and what's happening with technology, I'm hopeful that the industry is a bit of an inflection point where we can now actually think about what it takes to be uh, uh, to build mortgages in a new and different way, a way that's better for the borrower, a way that's better for the lender. I think that Andrew, I I love that, and uh, I I wish you would pick a winner because you know that would be interesting to hear. But um, I agree with you. There's a it's a it's a big uh, it's a big industry, lots of room. Britt, what's your take? I, I guess I would answer that. I, I love that discussion. I've very much enjoyed interacting with you, Sarah and 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 Andrew. Always, I I, I think for me, it's it's about control. And I think what I mean by that is, you know, lenders are looking to be agile and they want to control their destiny. 
and the technology now available to them in, and kind of where I was talking about earlier, if you have these process orchestration builders and as a lender that I can drag and drop process automation, that being those events and those triggers and actions to create a curated process that I don't need code to be written for me to do that. That is really empowering them. So now clients can really configure what they want to do. And we can get a, a little bit further away when we talked about that 15 minute application and then let's wait for 30 days till we close. You know, that the mortgage process, it's, it's this set of manual tasks that just take a long time. Those are the inherent delays. That's the root cause of these higher costs and kind of creating just a bummer borrower experience. It's not really what we want. So now lenders really have the ability to astutely manage their loan manufacturing process without calling their tech provider and requiring code to be written. They have the ability, this control, to take an idea and configure it with their own admins within the system and enable that to be realized. So I think that's what's kind of exciting right now for mortgage lenders. I so appreciate that. And Britt, Andrew, great time talking to you both. Thanks for sharing your insight. Thanks for being on Housing News. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Indeed, our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Housing News Podcast. Please don't forget to give us feedback and rate us on iTunes. Until our next episode, make sure to check out Housing Wire Daily, a podcast dedicated to the hottest news stories across HW Media. The podcast is published each day and is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcast. Thanks for listening.